Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Today we have with us Edgar Sierra of eSierra Media. eSierra Media specializes in videography, photography, and digital design. Edgar has an interesting story about how he started his business and where he is today that will surely inspire any business owner. Let's welcome to Nurture Small Business, Edgar Sierra. Thank you guys so much uh, for having me on today. Really appreciate it. Perfect. We're so glad you're here. I know you've got some travel coming up, like immediately following this podcast. So yeah. I'm thank- grateful we were able to get you on here. Now, oh, Edgar. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Now, Edgar, you had um, shared some interesting information with me. You have a variety of degrees and you're actually continuing your education while you're running your business. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? Yeah, so a uh, little backstory. Um, I'm actually the fir- a first generation uh, college student in my family, uh, first to graduate high school. Um, I'm the youngest of four. And I kind of wanted to live this life of uh, jack of all trades, master of none, right? And so when I initially went into college, I, I was really looking into the criminal justice, law enforcement, uh, side of everything, and I pursued an associate's degree in criminal justice. And kind of as I continued through that process, I realized that uh, any law enforcement or uh, entity agency of that sort um, doesn't really care too much for criminal justice degrees because they will teach you that in the academies and their classes. Um, for federal law enforcement, it's called FLETC. They, they, they teach you all of that. So criminal justice itself is not really something to do. So they want you to either have a degree in something like IT, uh, anything that has to do with foreign languages, anything that's going to benefit them um, and that doesn't teach you in the academy. And so I slowly worked my way out of that and I transitioned to a university and I was at a college, a community college, and I transitioned to a four-year university where I said, you know what? Um, I really want to continue photography, which at the time I wasn't doing full time, it was just a hobby, but I said, I want to do that. So, um, in 2017 is when I transitioned from, uh, community college over to UNR and it also, uh, so UNR, University of Nevada, Reno. Yeah, I was um, just going to ask you. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. Um, and, um, so I transitioned over to the university and in that same time frame, um, I actually started my business and um, initially it was just photography and kind of what happened there was um, I was out doing a photo shoot and this random lady comes up to me and she says, hey, what are you doing? I said, just doing some photos. And she said, can I see them? I said, yeah. She said, oh my God, these are really good. At the time, that wasn't what I expected because I was, I considered myself still an amateur and she was like, how would you like to be my head photographer? No idea what this lady was talking about. Um, <laughs> a week later, yeah, a week later, I actually messaged her. We went out for some coffee and by the end of the day, she had already booked me for six photo shoots. Wow. Now, 
it kind of was a shock to me because A, I did not have my business license. B, I had no idea what I was doing. And C, it just happens that one of the clients was Jaguar and Land Rover. And I was like, how do I meet that caliber of work? I have no idea. But it really put me to the test. Um, I said, you know what? I'm going to do it, see how it goes. And that actually pushed me to start my business because I'm saying for the caliber of work and the money that's coming in, I cannot, for one, justify not having a business license or having the IRS come on in and, you know, uh, try to take over what I'm building right now. So essentially, once I transitioned out of uh, out of the community college into the university, um, it was at the same time from that all this was happening. So I said, you know what? I'm good at photography. That's what I want to study. So uh, my bachelor's is in art with an emphasis on photography. And initially, I didn't add anything else to it. Um, and then right before school started, I said, you know what? I need to understand business. So they had an entrepreneurship minor, and I added that to to my degree. And I said, Let's go ahead and do this. I don't know where this is going to take me, but I hope this coincides with what I see in the future. So I did that for some time. And eventually I got done with all my entrepreneurship classes, and I was just taking art classes, photography classes. And I said, you know what? This is not a challenge anymore. Let me add a business administration minor. So I added that and I graduated uh, this last year in June uh, with the with the major in art, a double minor in entrepreneurship and business administration all while growing this business. ECR Media, actually 2017, uh, May of 2017 is when it started. And throughout my entire university uh, career, I actually was running the business full time. Now, some of the things that really helped out with um, running the business is that in those entrepreneurship uh, classes, as well as the business administration, is that I actually met a lot of the clients that I have now. Um, they actually went on to start their own businesses. They needed photography, videography, content for the social media. And it, it really helped out. Um, now, with that being said, I after I graduated, I said, you know what? I'm really good at this. I don't want to continue it into a master's because there's so much more. And it kind of went back to the frame of jack of all trades, master of none. And one of the things that I um, I saw was that one of the things that will never leave this world is cybersecurity. We live in such a huge technology-based uh, world now that it is not something that will leave. I mean, at least if it does leave, uh, it's going to be chaotic because we wouldn't be having Zoom calls like this or we wouldn't you know, have you know, all this electronics, emails, or anything like this. We would be taking a huge step backwards. And so I graduated right after COVID-19 quarantine all this and it made me really realize the only thing that was connecting anybody was the internet was technology was it and that was your it degree correct correct yeah okay and uh so i moved on to that in my master's i started that in july and um that's really where where that mentality comes from is that i don't want to be honed down to one particular industry and be able to be marketable across the board um, where I can pick and choose what kind of jobs I want in the future. So you definitely hit that jack of all trades, master of none. You, you know, you've hit criminal justice, you've hit photography and arts, 
entrepreneurship and now IT. Um, and, and you clearly made some very wise choices in starting up your business, um, whether that was intuit- intuitive or, well, good planning or a combination of both or luck even. Um, you certainly made some good choices, you know, stay out of trouble with the IRS and get things in order, take the courses you need so that you understand what it is you're doing. I think a lot of times business owners start up because they have this passion for something, say photography. And this was not the case with you at all. I mean, not that you don't have a passion for it. I'm just saying that wasn't the reason you started the business. Correct. No, and you made a good point there. It's It actually was a hobby and it, and, and it led into... Uh, it led into a business. And honestly, it was an overnight thing, right? Some people really, um, you know, there is overnight success. And that was my overnight success. I've never met this lady before. And uh, next, you know, I'm shooting for three magazines, Jaguar, Land Rover, uh, some bigger clients here in the in the Sierra Nevada area. And it, it was it, it was where it was. And actually, it was a great um, it, it was a great I would say like great starting point, a great point to have a business. I know a lot of college students prefer that nine to five job or that that regular job. But for me, it was really actually better because I didn't have to fight when I went to classes or when I was working on, you know, on photos and video. It was really about being able to balance my my own schedule without having to call somebody or do any of that. It was really a great starting point for me. So tell me a little bit about the trip you get coming up because, um, you know, our podcast title, Bootstrap to International, I, w- I want you to share where you're going. Okay, so this actually, uh, this actually goes back to that very first Jaguar and Land Rover shoot. There, there was a, at the time, Jaguar and Land Rover were doing a campaign called Own Your Own World. And I met um, an off-road race uh, racer by the name of Shelby Hall. I had no idea who she was. I didn't understand how important she was to the race world um, at the time. Her father, uh, her grandfather, uh, Rod Hall, was actually a legend down in the Baja races. And the Baja races take uh, place in either Ensenada, Mexico, San Felipe, or La Paz. Um, and and, and so we met, we did a photo shoot and it went really well. Land Rover uh, took over the images. They, they put it on ads and marketing and all that kind of good stuff, which is phenomenal. Well, we really didn't talk. We kept it kind of in touch. Um, and so uh, last year she messaged me and reached out to me and said, hey, I'm joining this team and we were looking for somebody that can create content for us. Is there any way that you would be willing to do that? How can we make this work? And we made it work. We talked it out. And the the business is called Cook Off-Road Racing. And um, that that whole thing just kind of got connected. So the first race I went to was actually, it's called uh, Vegas Torino Race. And it's one of the longest races in the U.S. uh, for off-road racing. Um, So that was my first race with them. And I... To be honest with you, I had zero idea what this whole thing was about. All I knew was I was going to go shoot. I had my video camera. I had my microphones. I had everything ready to go. So we put it all. So I went to the first race and I fell in love with the sport immediately. Well, not too long after that, the, the team was really happy with me, was really happy with the work that they said, hey, we'd love to take you into Mexico with us for the Baja 
250 and the Baja 1000. The Baja 1000 is the biggest race of the year. Everybody that's everybody is down there. I said, yeah, sure. What needs to happen? So, you know, they're like, hey, we need you to get your passport. We need you to do this. And I'm going to tell you right now, Denise, I've never been out of the U.S. So I had to rush and get my passport. I had to pay that extra like $100 to expedite it like in a week. Luckily enough, I had it like three days before we left. And so I went down there and it it just became a a thing. So um, we went to the Baja 500, uh, Baja 250, which is the race. last year and then uh, a couple weeks later uh, almost a month later went to the baja 1000 and uh we've been doing a content for cookout for racing for uh just over a year now and so tuesday we live we leave for the baja 500 which was actually supposed to take place earlier in the summer but due to covid and quarantine and all that that's what it was all about and um yeah that that's that's where it went it went international so now we're into mexico and um, you know, of course, there was also possibilities of shooting in uh, Vietnam and uh, the Philippines and stuff like that before uh, COVID happened and the quarantine came came about. Um, there was also races that they have also in China, and uh, we were set to go to that as well, but that couldn't happen because of quarantine. But uh, essentially, this business went, you know, international. I mean, and, and some may not see it that way, but to me, it really is. We're, we have a presence down in Mexico, and we shoot uh, quite a bit with Cook Off Road Racing. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, and, and I'm sure that, you know, eventually travel will open back up and hopefully 2021, you'll be able to shoot in those other locations. I really do hope so, because I was really pumped up for that. And <laughs> then COVID happened and, you know, wasn't too excited about it. <laughs> so you um, you have a podcast of your own as well. Not only do you shoot internationally and, and go to school, uh, forever you, and run a business, but you have your own podcast. So tell me a little bit about that and why you started it. Um, so this, once again, this is going to go back to the beginning of my business. When I first started, as I mentioned, I had zero idea what it meant to run a business. And one of the things that um, I did learn was to always ask questions, right? You always, it's better to ask the question once, twice, maybe 10 times and doing it wrong. And one of the issues that I saw with with a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, whatever you want to name them, is that they did not want to share their quote unquote secrets. And they were like, no, you're going to become competition. I don't want to let you know what I'm doing in the back end. I don't know what it was, but it was so hard for me to find somebody that just said, hey, this is how you create your LLC. This is what a sole proprietor is. This is what a C corpus, you know, this is what marketing is. This is how you do, you know, your books for your business. Nobody ever took the time to do that. And even going through, you know, school and entrepreneurship classes and business administration, they teach you that to an extent, but you never get walked through the process of it. And one of the things that, you know, I felt during that time was like, why am I so alone? Yet, the American dream is always to build a business, have the white picket fence house, to have, you know, financial stability. And nobody was willing to share that with me. And one of the things that I felt that the best way for me to do it is to create a podcast. 
Now, the podcast is called The Daily Entrepreneur, and I named it that because I wanted to talk about everyday entrepreneurs. I didn't want to talk about the Fortune 500 CEO. I didn't want to interview, uh, you know, somebody that didn't grow up not having that struggle. Um, and so I started it back in 2018, um, kind of started interviewing people around here in the Reno Sparks area. And I actually had to let it go um, early in 2019 because once again, I was going to school, running the business and traveling, and it was just um, a little too much. Well, this year I was given the opportunity to restart it and I actually launched it um, with a bunch of new concepts, uh, a new post, new everything. And the point of the podcast is to interview different entrepreneurs in different uh, industries that can bring in some light to any listener, whether the listener is an entrepreneur that's 16, 17, 18, 40, 50. It doesn't matter. I want to be able to give information that, that people can relate to. If, you know, I'm not going to live forever. Us entrepreneurship, we're, we're not going to be here forever. And that new generation of entrepreneurs should not be hidden from what we do. There's nothing to hide. And luckily enough, I've had uh, entrepreneurs on the podcast that are completely open books. They have nothing to hide. They're willing to talk numbers. They're willing to talk their secrets. They're willing to talk about all this. And that's really what it's about is that if we don't, if we don't help the next generation of entrepreneurs, of business owners, then who is? And that's really the, the heart and soul of the daily entrepreneur is to give somebody a starting point or something to listen to on their way to school and say, hey, because of this entrepreneur, I was able to know what I need to do next to become a tattoo artist, or this is what I need to do to become a lawyer or whatever that may be. Um, and I strive for that. I strive to have somebody feel welcome and not have the feelings I had when I started my business. You know, when we chatted, you had said a phrase, community over competition. And I think what you're describing there is that. Correct. So that's one of my life models and business models is community over competition. I don't have, I, I don't have a, a bone in my, in my heart, in my body to really go ahead and cut somebody out of my life because they're starting their own photography business, videography business. It does mean no good. Um, I actually strive to help people in the videography, photography, world, podcasting. If anybody reaches out, there is no sense of me hiding that. And it goes back to that same feeling. How did I feel when people shut me, me down when I was trying to start my business? I've had people come and ask me questions about my books, my accounting. I have nothing to hide because we all start somewhere. You know, we look at, you know, a lot of people follow a great entrepreneur, Gary Vee. He's blown up. He's he's become the number one entrepreneur to look at and, and see as a role model. Sometimes what people forget is that he started somewhere, right? He tells the stories and he constantly tells them, but he's been in the making for 12, 15 years, but he started somewhere and, you know, everybody's going to start somewhere. And back to that community over competition, I, I have nothing to lose by helping somebody else out. And it actually helps me out because if let's say I do help build a photographer or a videographer and I need them down the road for a wedding or for a trip to Mexico, I can have them tag along and they're gaining experience. I can use them. It doesn't bother me. And if they say, hey, can you come help me shoot? I, I'm not a better person by saying no, because I've been in business for 12 years. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go help them out. That's just what it should be. It shouldn't be about 
who's making the most money, who's doing this, who's doing that. It should be about, hey, man, how can I help you? How can I be there for you? You know, I really like that. Um, over the course of my entrepreneurship and I've owned mo- multiple businesses, I have always spoken with people in the same industry with me. And, you know, like long, many years ago was a cleaning company. And, I, you know, I told folks, it's like, there's so much business in this area we don't have to be competitors, you know. I referred to a lot of other cleaning companies either because they were in a specific area or they did something that I didn't do and vice versa. So, you know, there's a lot of ways you can collaborate even within your same industry. And now my company focuses around different things. And yes, I still meet with entrepreneurs who are wanting to start up a similar type of company or even those who are in a similar type of company. As a matter of fact, I spoke to someone last week who, um, you know, I'm on the East Coast, she's on the West Coast, but we do very similar services. Um, so, yeah, um, it's, I, I like that community over competition. I, I wish more business owners thought that way. Yeah, and I, I really do think it comes back to that. If you haven't gone through that struggle, you, you don't understand uh, that standpoint. And I'm not saying everybody, you know, nobody has different struggles, but that was my huge struggle. And honestly, I just don't um, want somebody to feel like I felt, you know, four years ago when I wanted to start this business. And that that's really my ultimate accomplishment. And, you know, and I was lucky enough to carry this knowledge to uh, another buddy of mine. He came in one day, said, hey, man, I want to start a business. I said, okay, let's see what we can do. And now his business has thrived. We went from zero to 70,000 in nine months. And we nice. created that based on that same feeling. He had nobody to go to. And uh, his business is now you know, set to do three times uh, what we did last year. And it's just going to continue growing. But and that was the thing. Had I shut him down, I where would he be at today? And um, luckily enough, you know, I'm still working with him. I'm still helping him out. And he, he's in a great position. He's his own business owner. That's his dream. And that's what I continue to strive for because it only, it, it really only makes me feel better. It helps me thrive. It really, that's my, I guess you could say that's my adrenaline. When people ask me, you know, what it makes you happy? Seeing other people thrive and grow their businesses. Nice, nice. Edgar, it has been a pleasure having you on today's podcast. Before you leave, I would like you to share with our listeners, how they can find you. Yeah, of course. Hey, Denise, uh, once again, thank you for having me on today. It was a pleasure talking to you. And to all the listeners, uh, you can reach out to me through uh, Instagram. It's e.sierra media um, on IG and then e.sierra media on Facebook, uh, YouTube as well. You guys can go watch some of the crazy videos that I have up there on e.sierra media. Just uh, search that in e.sierra media on YouTube. Um, Feel free to reach out uh, to any uh, certain entrepreneurs that need just somebody to talk to. I'm here. Perfect. And again, thank you, Edgar. Of course, Denise. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.